Welcome to Beyond the Book. In this episode, we'll talk about success strategies and how when they are designed by triumphant people, they often lead to amazing accomplishments. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff, guiding you through the essential elements that routinely show up in successful individuals. So let's dive into another episode to help you accomplish your objectives in a more timely and efficient manner. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beyond the Book podcast. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. Great to be back with everybody on the show here today. And as always, we are welcoming different entrepreneurs and professionals that are going above and beyond in their respective industries. And we're going to learn about their personal and professional experiences that contributed to the books that they write. It's in the name of the show. We go beyond the book, finding out about these experiences that have helped them lead to the success that they've seen, both personally as well as professionally. And boy, do we have a great guest and a great author joining us today. Today, we have Miss Kim Curtis, who's a certified financial planner. Kim is committed to helping create a new paradigm around money for people from all walks of life, from all around the world, to provide access to and inspire creativity around their money, their prosperity, and then, of course, this idea of abundance that we talk so much about on this show in different ways, shapes and forms. Kim, like many other professionals and entrepreneurs that were a part of this book, was a co-author in The Keys to Authenticity, Unlocking the Code to a Fulfilling Life and Business. Now, Kim being one of those co-authors among a team of entrepreneurs and professionals, and also the legendary author Jack Canfield from the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Uh, Really an exciting opportunity. We are sitting down to record this interview just on the heels of the release of the book. It's already a best-selling book, so we're so excited uh, to have Kim with us. Kim, welcome to beyond the book oh thank you ryan what a week last week right with the launch of the book (laughs) fantastic yeah glad to be here. yeah absolutely i'm sure it's been an eventful week uh you know it's a question that i know i'm going to ask you later but i think it's i got to get right into it what's the feedback been like i mean we launched the book last week it's already a bestseller i'm sure uh, i'm sure colleagues friends family have been hitting you up what's what's the fallout (laughs) been like yeah, hitting up with a bestseller status, which is always interesting and fun. You know, I, I think more than anything, the feedback that I have been receiving is how authentic the other authors are, all the authors in this book. And to be able to read something that comes from the heart and yet is value added as it relates to how to be better, do better, grow better, uh, is significantly powerful. And that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people that have picked up the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, look, in today's day and age, uh, success can be defined in so many different ways, shapes and forms. And, and uh, so finding success, but also finding fulfillment in life and business along the way is those are kind of two different areas of life to hit. So, Kim, your chapter is entitled Money is Looking for You. It's chapter 16 in the book. Why don't you bring our audience up to speed? Let us know uh, what was kind of the, the synopsis really of your chapter and what were you trying to, to share and in, in those key messages? Yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you. You know, it's interesting when I think of being an expert, a suit, so to speak, in personal finance. It's, it's weird that the chapter I wrote about being titled Money is Looking for You. But what I've discovered after 30 years being in this business at the intersection of money and life is that there's really one simple truth. And that is that money is looking for you. It's interesting because people come, you know, in life, particularly in the U.S., United States culture and capitalistic culture is that we need money, we need money, we need money, we need to pay the bills, we have debt, we have to do all these things. And we're always looking for money, but it's actually quite the opposite. And we could talk about that more later, but that's really what the book describes is, is the mind shift that we need to have to be able to be magnetic enough for money to find us. 
And for someone like me to be having that conversation is so different because, you know, I'm a CEO of a wealth management firm. I'm a left brainer. And here I am having all of these deep conversations around how to have money find you. So in a nutshell, though, why don't unpack it a little for us? How does money find you? I'm sure it happens in different ways, shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. But in, in the kind of a broader sense, how does that work? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. There are several ways to, to go about it, but let's talk about, you know, in the green room, we were talking about where, where you spent some time in New York. Well, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. And what I think of Buffalo, New York, it, it actually straddles the Canadian border of Niagara Falls and Buffalo. And when you think of what's on the other side of that Canadian border is this vast falls. And that falls at one time powered the streetcars in Buffalo and then soon enough New York City by the power plants that lined its banks. Money is similar in that same way. The falls has no power un un until the plants were there to turn it into something. That is similar to money. Money has no value other than the value we give it. And the value we give it is what turns it into something to become of use to others. So the way to unpack that, if you think about it, first of all, is changing the concept of needing money and turning it into, it's the opposite, it's looking for you. So how do you become magnetic enough for your money to find you? Well, the way to do that is first, you have to unpack your own stories of what beliefs do you have? You know, my son, I have a 23 year old son and, you know, he, he sees this Ferrari and like he pauses, like he, like that's a hot car. And what he sees is success. What I see is who would spend that much money on a car? So when you think about um, paradigms of how you show up with money, particularly success, car, or say a poor person, uh, or someone that's asking for money on the side of the street, do you cross the street? What are the stories you tell yourself in those two extremes? Money or what you think perceived as money and someone that doesn't have money, wealth and poor. What are those beliefs you have around it? And is it true? Because you yes. think of, we show up around money, we think of culture, we think of uh -huh. gender, there's so, your family, what were the conversations you had around the dinner table? Did you even talk about money? Was it taboo? And when you start to unpack what those are and is it true, then it's easier to show up about what is true for you. So oh, if that's the case, if money is looking for you, Ryan, what ideas do you have for it? If in fact money was looking for you, what ideas do I have for it to become valuable to others? Because ideas are abundant. And once we know ideas are abundant, then it's easier to not put ourselves down or squash it to come up with an idea that may be valuable to others. Absolutely. Uh, Kim, I love that. Thanks for unpacking that a, a little for our audience. Obviously, we don't want to give the whole chapter away. You know, we want our <laughs> audience, of course, to pick up a copy of the book, but yeah. it's a great, uh, great highlight there. And Kim, look, you and I were chatting in the green room a moment ago before we started recording, and you had mentioned to me that, you know, you're, you've authored other books. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, why was it in the first place you kind of felt called to become, an, you know, an author of The Keys to Authenticity and share this message in particular? What was that, that driving factor behind you? Yeah, I wrote two other books that were bestsellers. One is Money Secrets, Keys to Smart Investing. And the other is Retirement Secrets, Keys to Retiring Happy, Healthy, and Free. So they're kind of two bookends. One is like all about money. And the other is after you retire, how do you live 
a life filled with fulfillment and success. So Jack is, I have followed Jack for decades and he was a mentor to me. And so when this opportunity came up, I was, you know, we talked the same language. He taught me how to how to have that language a decade ago. So to be a part of this uh, book writing and offer a chapter, I, I couldn't, I, I had to jump at it. Uh, because I believe in his work. I believe in how it teaches us to be better. And I think the most important message from Jack, and I think I've, in some of the chapters, I felt this come through, is, you know, we are responsible for the outcomes in our life. And lots of stuff happens in our lives that we have no control over. But we do have control over how we respond to that, which determines then the outcomes. And I think that is the number one biggest lesson in life that Jack, ta Jack taught me, which is why I'm here today. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's got to be a rewarding experience to, to be able to work with somebody who you consider you know, a mentor at that level. Uh, Kim, I want to zoom out now from the book for just a moment and bring our audience up to speed on the work that you do as a certified financial planner and running a wealth management firm. Uh, talk to me about yourself, your background in business, and, and how it is you, that you help uh, your clients in the way you do. Well, I went to undergrad at Elmira College, which is why you and I had that shared conversation and experience um, living in Elmira. But, uh, and then I moved out to Denver to go to law school. And so my area of expertise is negotiation, mediation, arbitration, and I did that for almost a decade and realized that I became a spokesperson and wasn't in the heart of the matter of disputes. Uh, I was no longer doing settlement conferences or mediations. And so I went into finance and that was when I was about 30. And I've been in it ever since. And so the using the skills of negotiation, mediation, and arbitration tied to money, what do we argue most about? Well, there may be one other topic. Money is probably second when we think about what couples argue about. And so to use and have that skill set has really allowed me to show up in a way that holds the container in the room, particularly for couples. So I uh, started in the brokerage world and ended up creating my firm, Wealth Legacy Institute, about 16 years ago. And it's a small little boutique firm that really changes the experience of how we show up around money um, and, and, and makes a huge difference. If, it, if, if it's okay, Ryan, if I could share one thing in terms of visually, Please. okay, thanks. Uh, describing it, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have you know basic needs and at the top it, we have uh, actualization. In my business, and people come to firms like mine or others, when at the bottom, they need their money, they want their money managed. That's usually the pain that they have when they come to a firm like mine. Then after that, you have to tie that to a financial plan. So it's goal achievement, whether it's educating your children, retirement, uh, taking care of elders, it's that goal achievement that's important to you. Uh, after that is lifestyle. When you put managing money and planning together, all of us, like money is frenetic, it's crazy. But if you could put it down as a foundation, all of a sudden that next of four things on that pyramid, the third lifestyle is peace of mind. You can finally take a breath and breathe for the first time. And once you could take a breath, you could get to the pinnacle of that because you're not worried about money anymore. And that pinnacle is impact or legacy or significance, whatever word resonates with your listener. But think of that. How many want that? How many want a life of significance and impact? So if people do it right in the nature of my work and my business, I could do that all day long. That's a, a successful advisory firm that can get clients or individuals to the pinnacle of that pyramid.
Oh, no, that's fantastic. I, thank you for sharing that. I mean, it, at the end of the day, sure. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of, a lot of conversations on this show with business owners and sh- you know, it's so easy for people to get down in the weeds of their business <laughs> and, and think, uh, you know, uh, you know, the next question I'm going to ask you is, well, this is really a perfect setup for it is, is when I ask somebody, Hey, what's on the horizon for you? Usually the, their response is around, uh, you know, the next business venture, the next exciting thing. And, you know, most of the time they're not going to share with me, well, I'm really excited about this vacation I have coming up <laughs> or, or, you know, when I retire, I've got these goals that I'm looking forward to. Most of the time, the vision is always surrounding that next milestone within their professional career, which is fine by all means. That's what we get excited about. That's why it's our career. But it is interesting to hear you talk about, you know, reaching that moment, that pinnacle of significance in your life and, and how in all Oftentimes it does come after the business it does, and through smart decisions in a relationship with money. So with that, then Kim, I got to ask you, what, uh, what is on the horizon for you? You know, you're coming off this successful book launch. You run a great boutique wealth management mm-hmm. firm. Anything uh, you want us to know about? You know, I, I think beyond finance and wealth management, I think every industry is being disrupted by where we are today in technology and AI. And if you're not thinking about it as a business owner or, or anyone that's listening on what that may look like and what you do today, then you're, you're, you're asleep. So when I think of what's next for me, it's how do you take AI into the delivery of advice of wealth management and turn it into a plus plus positive? Because, you know, with anything in life, there's, there's the good and the bad. There's the yin and the yang. There's always two sides to that coin. So when I think of the future of money and wealth management and how we show up around money individually and as a family, I think the conversations will change so dramatically, but the heart won't. And that heart is what we talked about with that pyramid. It, how do we make a difference in the world? Why are we here? What is our legacy and what is our significance? I love it that you brought that back to the point because I think the future of the industry of wealth management, the future of these other things are so beyond us right now, but it's a huge, enormous time to explore what possibility may exist. So it sounds like the the horizon for you is just complete possibility with with all the innovation that that's on the that's that's coming and and is already really on our doorstep. Uh, really appreciate it, Kim. And as we're as we're bringing our conversation to a head, for anybody out there, uh, you know, in our audience that is either a already read your chapter B, they're picking up a copy of the book right after they finish listening to today's episode, uh, or C, they're just interested in learning more about you, the work you do, and how you uh, you know, navigate these relationships with money and your clients. What would be the best way somebody could look you up, find you online, and, and uh, maybe even open up a dialogue with you and your team? Appreciate that. Uh, WealthLegacyInstitute.com. WealthLegacyInstitute.com is our financial advisory firm. Uh, MoneyIsLookingForYou.com takes what you've read in the chapter. There is a book coming out, Money is Looking for You, uh, first quarter of, ne- of uh, 2024, that takes the whole uh, concept of money is looking for you uh, to a whole new level uh, that allows you to really master that and really control money and not have money control you. Um, and so, and then follow me on Instagram, Kim Curtis Prosperity, uh, and Facebook, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. But thank you. Awesome. 
Oh, of course, of course. Well, Kim, look, I know you're you're a busy lady. You've got a company to run. You got clients to serve. So we'll let you get back to doing that. But I appreciate you carving some time out of your busy day to jump on, especially in the wake of such an exciting release for the Keys to Authenticity. And uh, hopefully, we'll have to have you back on the show down the road for maybe the release of uh, Money Is Looking for You. Oh, I love that. <laughs> thanks, Ryan, and thanks for uh, celebrity branding to really take this to a whole new level. Of course, of course. And hey, look, folks, uh, you know, we want to take one final moment, as we always do on this show, and thank you for stopping by and spending some time with us on the podcast. If you did take anything away from today's discussion surrounding this idea of money, looking for you, uh, you know, learned anything from Kim Curtis and her wisdom, well, go ahead and then hit the uh, subscribe button on whichever platform check us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future episode where I sit down with different entrepreneurs and professionals. And again, we dive into the personal and of course the professional experiences that have led them to see the success that they've seen in their lives and also learn from them and learn from beyond just the wisdom that they put into their program. So for Ms. Kim Curtis, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Beyond the Book.